Hey, what is going on, beautiful people of the world, wherever you are located, whatever time it is, I hope you're having a lovely day. And thank you for joining me. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. And uh, this interview was a doozy. It was with Ryan Howe, who is currently a digital marketer. And we kind of dove into his story and his journey, um, how he became a digital marketer with a successful marketing business. And uh, he came from sports journalism, something completely different. And he really does a great job of explaining this idea of having a vision and and setting goals. And uh, the way that he does it is very, very detailed, very well thought out. And um, I don't want to say where he is now is a result of that because um, really it's it's the hard work that you do each and every day that's going to get you to your uh, destination. That's why it's called Journey Over Destination. Um, because the destination is really just a result of the process, the journey, uh, the the um, the person that you become is really the the win, not necessarily the destination. But uh, anyways, he talks about how he sets his goals and his visions, and he goes into so much detail, way more detail than I have heard a lot of other people speak about. And when he was talking about this idea, I was just kind of um infatuated <laughs> I'm having a brain fart I can't think of the word I want to use but um I was I was really really intrigued that's the word I was looking for I was really intrigued by this idea of having this extremely well thought out vision um something that drives you each and every day something that you can see it's almost tangible um and how you want to set that vision how you want it to help you um, and all that good stuff. And he gets into all that along with his journey and some other gen, uh, general business slash life advice um, that he's gathered through his journey. So really good stuff. I'm going to stop rambling and let's dive into it. Here we go. I left my nine to five to pursue the business and the lifestyle that I want. This is the journey of the pursuit to live life on my own terms. Join me as I share lessons that I learn along the way and interview some of the best minds in business. Let's go. All right, everybody, welcome to the Journey Over Destination podcast. We're here today with Ryan Howe, sports journalist turned digital marketer. Welcome to the show, Ryan. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no problem. So we'll just dive right into it. So just for context, uh, obviously, I, I met you at the uh, Matt Platt Mastermind down here in Jacksonville, Florida, lovely Jacksonville. Um, I think you guys came on literally the coldest two days possible. Um, but anyway, just for context for the audience, could you just kind of describe your story, um, how your career started as a sports journalist and how you came to be a digital marketer? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and by the way, the cold, I'm used to it. I, I live in Idaho currently. So <laughs> <laughs> I was looking forward to maybe some sunshine in, in Jacksonville, but it didn't happen. It, but it's okay because I'm used to it. It's funny because I feel like people, when they think of Florida, they think of like Miami weather and then they come up to Jacksonville, which is like the northernmost point. It's, it's like, oh, crap, this is actually kind of cold here. <laughs> yeah, definitely was not what I was hoping for, but it was okay. We had a good time, had a good mastermind and 
um, met a lot of great people, yeah, yourself included. And so, uh, yeah, so my story, I mean, I guess it depends on where you want to jump into it. Um, you know, I, I remember back when I was literally five, six years old, um, going out to the front porch, getting the the newspaper every morning. Remember when newspapers were a thing? You're too young. You, I you don't, know. but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you don't even know what a newspaper is. Yeah, but here's the cool thing. Like, I would pull it out and as just a little kid, you know, pull out the sports page and, you know, read my heroes. And my heroes weren't the athletes. It was the the writers. It was the sports writers who would capture these stories. And so from a very young age, I was really captivated by story and uh, specifically sports because it really lends itself to, um, you know, drama and um, overcoming challenges. And uh, we all like to see the underdog story, right? And so from that time, I always knew I wanted to be a sports writer. That was my goal. It wasn't even a goal. It was just, I just knew it was going to be. And so I had this vision of being able to become that. And, you know, I worked my tail off my entire life to, to get to that point. Um, so fast forward to when I was uh, about 21 years old, I was uh, just still in college even. Um, I got a job with uh, the local newspaper where I lived. It was in Utah. And we uh, had the assignment that I was given assignments to start covering everything from high school to college to um, even some professional um, and realized my dream by the time I was 21 years old, my lifelong dream, got to see it early and uh, walked into what was then called the Delta Center. I don't even know what they call where the Utah Jazz play now, but um, with my press credential, covering the team, going into the locker room and writing stories about the, the Jazz and you know the NBA. And something hit me there where and I'm kind of grateful for it now that I got to see it that early in my life. Something that I did not expect is when I walked into the press room and met my heroes, <laughs> the sports writers that I've been reading for, you know, 15 plus years um, and got to see what their lives were really like. And I thought to myself, huh, is this what my life is going to be like for the next 20, 30, 40 years? Um, and, and here's the thing, you know, it might seem like being a sports journalist is glamorous because you get behind the scenes. You, um, you know, one of my former colleagues uh, was covering the Super Bowl here uh, just last week, you know, which is really cool. You get those experiences, but on the other side of the coin, it's a lot of just grind and for not very much pay. And so I had to make a decision um, of whether I wanted to continue to pursue that journey. And I did for a while. Um, I did it for 15 years <laughs> after yeah. that um, because I decided, hey, you know, it's not about the money. Um, it's not about, you know, the glamour. It's this is what I feel like I was put on this earth to do. Mm -hmm. And so I followed that journey for, for 15 years, but then um, I had a family. And when you have, you know, a wife and then you, you start having, having children and things, uh, the late nights and the weekends and the grind and the very little pay <laughs> sports writers get, um, 
you know, I had to make a decision for my, uh, for my family and decide, okay, well, I've got to try to figure this out somehow, or I've got to do something different. So, you know, I, I, I even dabbled in sports talk radio for a while just to try to make things work. And um, that one thing led to another. And um, I was kind of made the transition from media to marketing, which are super related. Um, and so um, started to, to get some opportunities on the marketing side of media, um, even though, you know, I'd been involved with magazines, newspaper, radio, like I say. And so making that transition really wasn't that difficult, um, you know, looking back on it, because, you know, at the core of everything in sports writing and the core of everything we do in marketing, it's all about story. Mm-hmm. And so I just had to kind of tweak things a little bit and help tell the stories of businesses who are now our clients. And um, that's kind of how I started my, my marketing career. Um, decided to, to branch out and um, start my own uh, marketing company in early 2017. And here we are. We're still rocking and rolling and growing and, uh, and couldn't, be, couldn't be happier. Nice. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Um, so what, what do you think it was that captivated you about particularly the writers and not necessarily the athletes? Yeah, I, you know, I think that I could see myself becoming them mm-hmm. um, more than I could see myself, you know, hey, you know, I'm going to play in the NBA someday or I'm going to play in the NFL or whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I, I thought they were, you know, interesting. Um, but I always felt like, I don't know, I kind of always had kind of a little bit of a gift. I, you could say like writing always came pretty easy to me. Gotcha, gotcha. And so I felt like, you know, that was a talent that I had. And also, you know, just knowing that I was never going to play in the NBA, might as well be as close to it as possible and, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, be there to, to, you know, tell the stories of, of the players and the teams. Gotcha. Uh, we were watching. Gotcha. So one of the things that I actually personally have kind of struggled with a little bit, and I know a lot of other people do is, um, I feel like sometimes we, we say we're going to pivot or we're going to change things up and really it's just kind of a smoke screen for, I don't want to put in the work. And I, you know, I've done that in the past for me. So how do you know, like, where do you draw the line? How do you know whether, um, okay, this is the right time to pivot. This is actually not the dream that I want to pursue. Um, and how do you kind of like internally know that it's not just because I don't want to put in the work and I'm shying away from that? Mm. Well, you know, I, that, that's a great question. I don't know if there's a, you know, like a scientific answer really to it. I think, you know, when you know, you know, and, and a lot of times, you know, you find that you kind of go back and forth and have that internal struggle uh, a little bit with it. Um, you know, and, and that's kind of, I think human nature a little bit is to have a little bit of an internal struggle with maybe the decisions that we make and, you know, questioning, okay, um, is this my mind or is this my heart that is speaking right now? And, you know, if it's, if it's just the, the chatter in the back of your head and it's, you know, that, that nagging voice, that's, you know, the imposter that's, you know, holding you back, you know, you just got to shut it down, mm-hmm. you know, and just say, Hey, quiet, no, yeah. what I'm doing. Right. And I think, I think, you know, if, if you listen 
And if you tune in, you can tell the difference. Yeah. Uh, with some practice. I gotcha. Cool. So do you, do you wish that you had pivoted earlier or are you glad that you stuck it out so that you, you know, you know, for sure? Um, you know, the funny thing is, is I wouldn't be in the position I am now if I had pivoted earlier. Um, because of the way the path went, you know, okay. my journey had to leave from newspaper and, and magazines to go into radio. And if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have gotten the opportunity to, um, you know, my first marketing job, um, my official first marketing job was, uh, as a map, um, marketing manager of a casino. Um, I wouldn't have gotten that job if I hadn't have gone through the path that I had gone and okay. I wouldn't be where I'm now, where I'm at now, if I hadn't gotten that job. So gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't regret not maybe, you know, pivoting earlier. I mean, I, I enjoyed the heck out of, you know, my sports writing career and sports casting. It was, it was great, you know? Um, but you know, the funny thing too, is I think maybe there's, maybe there's just different chapters in life. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you, you know, you just have to get through the chapter and then, you know, and turn the page and, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know? And I, I, to be honest, I've gone back and forth and, and second guess like, Hey, you know, should I have just continued on the path to, uh, as, as a sports writer and, and, and so forth. But, you know, I think that, um, you know, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, uh, what I'd be doing today, I would have never, thought that I'd own a marketing company and that I'd be traveling all over the country doing the things that I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> it was nowhere near anywhere near my mind. Um, gotcha. Would you, so would you say you have a passion for what you do now digital marketing? You know, I, no, I don't, <laughs> to be honest, I don't have a, I don't have a passion for social media. Um, huh. yeah. Full disclosure, I, I don't like Facebook. I don't like his, I don't like any of it. Um, but I know that that's where the attention is. Okay. okay. So the same way that I used to tell stories in the newspaper, because that's what people used to pick up. Yeah. Now I'm telling stories where people are looking, where the attention is, which is social media. Okay? Mm -hmm. And instead of telling the story of, you know, the athletes and the coaches and the teams, I'm helping businesses tell their story so that they can pursue their dreams of growing their business and, and connecting with their customers. Right. I hear you. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's a really interesting topic because um, I feel like so many people preach, you have to be passionate about what you do. You have to be passionate, but I don't necessarily believe in that a hundred percent. I think it definitely helps. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I agree with, you know, if you have a talent for something and you have a certain niche of a certain market that you want to be in, there's no problem uh, being involved in that if you're not passionate. Um, okay. well, you know, and the, even if you're good at something doesn't mean you have to even do it. Right. 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 Because um, I mean, I've you know, and I've known athletes who were they had all the skills, you know, they were just born with the right genetics. Um, and they were really good at it, but they mm -hmm. hated it, right? Yeah. But just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have to do it. Like, you know, who makes that rule? And, you know, conversely, you know, passion is a funny thing. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's like, what am I enthusiastic about? What am I passionate about? Well, you know, it's, I think 
a lot of us get caught up in, oh, I got to follow my passion. I got to follow whatever that is. But you know what? Uh, you know, I think it, it gets overblown a little bit. I think it's a lot of hoo-ha that sells, you know, memes and, and Tony Robbins. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, you can't, if you're happy when you wake up every day, that's the thing. It's like, you know, passion is, is, is something that just like happiness, it comes and it goes. Yeah. Right? Or, you know, not every day you're going to be at a hundred percent. Yeah. Let's woohoo. You know, life's great. No, that's just not what it is. Right. Right. You have to have the dark to have the lightness. Exactly. You, know, you have to have the stuff that sucks to have, you know, the parts of the, the job or the life that is awesome. Yeah. And that's, you know, going back to the sports writing thing, you know, maybe now that I have, you know, 20 years later, I have better perspective is, you know, the late nights and the weekends and the grind and all that crap. Well, that was, you know, the other side of the coin to being able to cover the Super Bowl, going to uh, other events and, you know, being that close to greatness, you know, interview interviewing, you know, the Carl Malone's and the John Stockton's and the Steve Nash's and all those guys, you know, and getting to know them on a more personal level, you know, that's cool. But on the other side, you know, you've got to put in the work too. And so, you know, one of my mentors told me that Ryan, you don't have to enjoy everything you do in life. (laughs) And I think that's true. Yeah. I think it's also, I feel like passion can be a learned thing. Like if I, um, some of the things that I am passionate about now, I would have never even found if I didn't just start something, you know, and it's just kind of like led me down a path. Um, but um, during your talk, so you talked in at the mastermind I was at, and you were talking about how you set your vision and your goals. And I thought I was like, amazed at the detail you went into so could you talk about that a little bit yeah yeah for sure you know and I can't take all the credit uh really or any of it um because you know kind of what I talked about at, at the mastermind it's it stems from uh Cameron Harold mm-hmm. and uh you know Cameron um he's he's probably one of the most accomplished COOs um you know in, in the, in the world, maybe. The COO whisperer, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> he has a podcast, right. Is like the COO podcast. Right. Um, so it's the second in command podcast is I believe what it's called. But so he's the guy who works with the second in command. So the person who helps, uh, you know, basically realize the vision of the CEO who is the visionary, who is, you know, the Elon Musk's of the world, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, Cameron Harold was the guy who took uh, 1-800-GOT-JUNK from 2 million to uh, like 106 million uh, by the time he was 35 years old, right? He just, he's super, super, super smart. Uh, He's written some books um, and things, and one of them is The Vivid Vision. And so The Vivid Vision it is, you know, let's first talk about what it's not. Okay. It's not a vision board. It's not goals. It's not, um, you know, putting things up onto the wall and, and, and it's not, you know, cute little quotes and anything like that. It's not plans, anything like that. 
It's not strategies. What it is, it's, it's basically having like a three-dimensional world that you can almost like step into and, and explore and look around, right? It, it's it's kind of like if you have a, a imaginary world that you can literally like close your eyes and walk through and see it as if you're there. And so what, what you then do once you have that vision, you're, you need to share it uh, with your team, um, share it with the world. Like, you know, if you're building a business, for example, you want to share it with the team so that they know that what they're doing on a day-to-day basis is in true alignment with what you are wanting to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like having a, a puzzle. You know, if you have a, a puzzle in a box, you dump all the pieces out on the table and the picture that is on the outside of the box is kind of like the vivid vision. Oh, that's a really good way to put it. Um, so could you talk about like how you put that together? Like what are, if someone's listening, like what, what are, or, or even for me, what are the first steps to putting that vivid vision together? Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, you know, Cameron Harold kind of teaches a couple of different steps and in his books is, you know, first of all, you, you need to take time to just get out of the office, get out of your house, you know, go somewhere. Uh, don't take your phone. Don't take your laptop. Uh, just take like a notebook and some pens. Okay. Go leave somewhere. Just get out of Dodge. <laughs> go sit in nature somewhere if you can. Maybe it's the beach. Maybe it's up in the mountains. You know, somewhere where you can just like unplug and just dream. Mm-hmm. Now, sit there literally for four hours, five hours, six hours, eight hours, whatever it takes, and just let your mind relax. And it's going to be hard because, you know, we live in a world now where it's like, we're checking our phone every five seconds, right? Yeah. <laughs> Get out, take hours uh, to just let your mind relax and just think about the future. Take your notepad, take your pens, scribble down some notes, um, you know, uh, maybe do some mind mapping, something like that. So in this point, when you're mind mapping and scribbling your notes, don't think about how you're going to make these things happen. Just describe what it's, what it looks like as if it's already current. And so Cameron teaches to lean out just three years into the future, not any more, not any less. Um, He goes into detail why that's the case. I, I won't touch on it here, but he has some reasons why he says only go out three years and start describing it. Um, you know, I'll give you an example of when, when this has actually helped me in, in my life, in my personal life, is um, my wife and I, we, uh, we built the house. Now, before we hired a contractor, before, uh, you know, we had a blueprint or plans or anything like that, um, we would lay in bed at night and just close our eyes and talk back and forth to one another about, okay, so what do you see? And it's like, okay, so we've got a front porch and it's got, you know, three pillars on each side and, you know, there's enough room for like a, a, a rope swing and, um, and then you walk in the door, well, what color is the door? And, you know, and we'd get super detailed, you know, and then once we walk in the door, okay, what do you, what's to the left, what's to the right, 
what's straight ahead, you know, um, where are the stairs, you know, what does the carpet look like? Like get super, super detailed. And we would just kind of talk back and forth about this vision uh-huh. as we were kind of putting it together. Well, your vivid vision for, you know, whether it be a house or uh, your personal life or your business kind of all works the same way, you know, so think about it as if you are the homeowner, okay? You wouldn't go to a contractor and say, hey, here's $2 million, build my dream house. You know, because, you know, he or she might build like a, a contemporary type of house and, you know, your style is more rustic, right? Mm-hmm. You're probably not going to get what you want. They're going to build a really nice house, but probably not what you want, right? right? And so what do you do? Well, just like you would with, a, you know, a regular contractor is, you know, you'd maybe go to a magazine and cut up some pictures or go to the internet and pick, you know, print out some pictures of like, Hey, we really like this, this, and this, and this. And then the contractor who is like the COO. So in this analogy, I'm the CEO, the COO of my business would be like the contractor who then takes it and gets all of the blueprints, um, you know, hires the subs, um, gets everything, you know, lined out for, for the subs to be able to take care of my vision. Right. So, so, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, finish up, sorry. Oh yeah, so anyway, so, you know, once you're thinking about like just the, the vision part of it, not how you're gonna do it, not who's gonna do it, anything like that, um, take your four hours, five hours, six hours or whatever to do that. And once you got that portion done, you're almost there. You're, just take all of your rough notes then you can organize it into different sections. You can, you know, write it out into descriptive paragraphs. Uh, some people will even hire a professional copywriter to really make the, uh, you know, the words pop. And then, you know, and then you put, you can put it into, um, you know, some, some nice documents. Uh, you know, I, I spent a little time putting mine into some design, um, you know, just to, to make it almost like a nice little pamphlet. Right. So I can hand that to, my employees and say, Hey, this is what we're building three years in the future. Um, I also share it with people who I'm interviewing, you know, to, to work for me. It's like, this is our vivid vision, which is great too, because if my vivid vision does not resonate with the person I'm, I'm interviewing, they don't get the job. Right. If that doesn't make them like, just, you know, get the goosebumps and get excited, you know, they probably shouldn't be working for me. Yeah. And I think, I think it's cool. Um, that you can kind of use this system for every aspect of your life. You were talking about houses. Um, and I know you mentioned like you did kind of did the same thing with your business and even the building that, uh, you ended up renting or, or you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. And that was a cool thing too, because you know, I had a vision in my, in my head, what I wanted the office to look like. You know, of course you want you talk about like, you know, the types of clients that you're working with, um, you also talk about like, you know, what, uh, what are other people saying about, about our business? You know, I go into super detail of what the business looks like three years from now, one of which was the office. Um, and I even took some pictures that I found on the internet that kind of looked like what I wanted it to look like, you know, with, um, exposed brick, wood floors and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it was a crazy thing is like, somehow we manifested that office with, I don't know, it just fell into our lap uh and and we we were able to to spend some time there and um in that office too and so it's um yeah it's it's really it's really interesting where you know once you put it out into the universe you know I, i'm not all about you know 
the woofoo secret stuff, but just <laughs> believe that um, if you don't have a vision, then you're just living your f- life by default. Yeah. And, you know, that's not no way to live. So right. might as well have a vision and then take massive action towards it. Um, and you're probably going to hit it. Okay. So I got, I have two questions about that process. So was it easy? Um, or I guess how, how long did it take for you to really zero in on that vision? Because I know a lot of times like we think we want something, but then we think about it longer and you kind of start to second guess whether you actually want that thing or not. Was it just one session where you brainstormed or did it take like a couple weeks to really marinate in your brain? Uh, you know, I did take a lot of, um, a lot of time to reflect on it and, and then took a lot of time, you know, honing it and, 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 um, you know, kind of, it went through a few different drafts, um, you know, for sure. But I also wanted to make sure that I did definitely put the work into that vision so that there'd be no question when I go to my employees and say, Hey, this is who we are. This is what we're about. This is where where we're headed. This is what our business needs to look like, sound like, smell like (laughs) in in three years from now. Yeah. Uh, And then they know, okay, this is what we got to make happen. Because then from there you can set up your core values and your mission statement and you know, all of those types of things should stem from your vivid vision. Yeah. Not the other way around. You know, I, I've seen people, you know, businesses, you know, pop out a mission statement, core values and goals, but they have no vision. They, it's almost like they just, you know, pulled something off the internet and said, okay, these are our core values because they're integrity, you know, passion, hard work, you know, those are just words. They don't mean anything. (laughs) Um, So you got to start with the vision first and then you can work on some of those other things. And, you know, when you have your team working on goals day in and day out, you know, a lot of times, unless they see your vision, yeah, they'll lose touch and they won't understand why we're asking them to do the things and why we're setting the goals the way that we are, because they cannot read the mind of the yeah. CEO. Nobody can. Right? I gotcha. So you've got to get it out of your head, get it into descriptive, as descriptive as possible on paper, um, and and then they'll they'll get on board and, and they'll understand what, why we're doing what we're doing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So once you have that vision, right? So you have the vision you're, it's super detailed, you know, exactly what you want. How do you then connect it to the how to get there? So you have the, what, how do you connect it to how you actually get there? Well, you know, the, the how stems from, I don't know if you're familiar with Simon Sinek, um, mm-hmm. but the how stems from the why. You know, so when you start with why, why you're doing what you're doing, then the how should naturally come after that. So um, the how turns into things like, uh, you know, what your values, uh, your beliefs, um, you know, the principles that you're guiding your, your business or your life uh, along. Um, it's, it's about, you know, choosing what path you're, you're going along. You know, for me, it was, you know, we're going to be used you know, we're going to leverage paid social media advertising and sales funnels and automation and other digital tools 
um, knowing that these tools are going to and technology are going to consistently be changing, but we're going to be on top of that. That was part of the vision too, that mm -hmm. we're going to be part, you know, in tune with all the innovations and advancements. Um, so, you know, I think the how a lot of times as well, let's say, you know, you're part of a company that's, a, you know, let's say you're the CEO, you have your vivid vision, you create that for the team. It's a lot of, it's really not your job to find out, to figure out how. It's the COO and the team's job to figure out how. Okay. So let's go back to the, the house building analogy. As the CEO with my vivid vision of what I wanted my house to look like, you know, I didn't tell the builder, I didn't tell the general contractor how to get it done. I just said, this is what it is. Right. This is our vision. This is what we're doing. It's his job to find, to figure out how to make it happen. Right, right, right. Okay. I hear what you're saying. Okay. Um, so, okay. As you were saying that, this is what was going through my head and I want you to respond. <laughs> yeah. My brain was saying, all right, Ryan, listen, this is all great and all, but I don't even fully have clarity on what I want, like say a year from now or X amount of months from now. How am I supposed to go out three years and craft this super specific detailed vision of what I want um, when I could want something different a year from now, a year and a half from now, three months from now, whatever? Yeah, so a couple of things. You know, one, you know, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? <laughs> 24. All right, so I'm 37. I still haven't figured out what I want. So don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> Um, another thing that makes is, you feel a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, you'll never fit. <laughs> no, so and because the thing is, it also evolves, and I'll touch on that in just a second. But let me go to this first. Is mm -hmm. you know your vision? It doesn't have to be about you know business, for example, right? So like what I'm talking about with a CEO and the relationship between a CEO and a COO, and, you know you may not re be able to relay with that because you know, if you haven't grown a business where you have a bunch of employees, then it's just like, okay, uh, that doesn't really make sense. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't apply. However, you can also create your vivid vision, the exact same process that I've talked about with um, what Cameron Harold calls the five F's it's friends, family, fitness, faith, and finance. So you can create a vision of what you want your friendships, your relationships to look like. You can create your vision of what you want your family life to look like in three years. Um, your, your fitness, you know, your, your spirituality or your faith, or, you know, if you're into religion, great, um, or whatever. Um, also your finance, where do you want to be in, in three years? You know, a lot of those things can materialize, without really knowing exactly what the path is to get there. Okay. But if you could look forward three years from now, it's like, huh, what would I want my finances to look like three years from now? What would be cool? Like how much money would I want in the bank? You know, what, what type of you know, clothes would I be wearing? You know, what house would I be living in? Um, you know, who, you know, would I be hanging out with? What experiences would I be having three years from now? And just put it out there. And here's the thing. You don't have to figure out how. That's not what the vivid vision's about. Yeah. You're figuring out, hmm, what would I really like my life to look like? If, if I could 
transport three years into the future and just walk around and look around like what does the room look like that I'm in? You know, who are the people that I'm hanging around? You know, what are the clothes I'm wearing? What's the car I'm driving? Okay. That kind of stuff, right? And I you gotcha. Can, you can do that, right? Yeah, yeah. So the way that I understand it is my vision would be something like I'm making X amount of dollars. I'm living in X type of apartment or house or whatever. And then the how would be I sell, I'm going to, sell content creation online to business owners, whatever. So is that kind of like the distinction? Sure. Yeah. But don't worry so much about the how. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that can be part of it, but you know, if that's what, you, if that's what your vision is, you see, so, so like the, the vision stays and that's constant and that's, you know, but the how is, you know, it's evolving is it the way evolve, I understand it. It evolve, right. It, it, because the vision, it's not about, you know, just writing down like what I, you know, it's not goals, right? You're not trying to put together the how you're just trying to like transport three years in the future and look at, you know, what does my life look like? Mm -hmm. Not worrying about what happened the last three years Just say, boom, here I am. I look around. Here's what my day looks like. Here's what I'm doing. And here's the thing. If, if it has to do with, you know, digital media or if it has anything to do with um, ballet dancing, it doesn't matter, right? If those things are passions of yours, then include it. Yeah. But if, if you are open to maybe some other options, you know, leave it open. Yeah. In, my, in my business's Vivid Vision, I put in there that, you know, we're open to other business opportunities, right? It, it was part of the... Um, you know, the outlook that we had is that, you know, we're open to, you know, expanding into, you know, different branches of the business. I wasn't very specific about it, but I knew that, hey, we might, we got to be open about, you know, being able to do some of these things if we're hiring the right people and we're, you know, if we're accomplishing the other aspects of our vision with, you know, growing the team that's just world-class and, you know, our, all of our customers and clients just rave about us because we're so awesome. Well, yeah. awesome at what, you know, I could be kind of specific, but I kind of left it open ended as well. Right. Right. Knowing, I mean, just in the nature of the business I'm in, in digital media, you know, it changes every, <laughs> every day. It seems like there's something that's changing. So, yeah. you, know, you know, we'll never know what even, you know, if Facebook is even a thing in three years. Right. Right. So, you know, don't get hung up on those types of details of how you're going to make it happen. Just maybe focus and just relax and feel of, gosh, you know, what would I love my life to look like in three years? What yeah. would I be doing? Who would I be hanging out with? Where would I be traveling to? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's uh, obviously important to revisit it and make sure you're, it's, uh, like you're staying on top of it and you, you know what your vision is every single day. Um, okay. So let's finish up with some rapid fire questions. So you're a digital marketer, obviously you work with a lot of businesses, you run ads for businesses. Is there a certain trend that you notice or a certain maybe aspect of their business from maybe, uh, a client that does okay, uh, versus a client that like really, really kills it? So are we talking about like small local business type of? Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, that's what your main market is, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So I work with a lot of, you know, small uh, local business types, um, you know, and not just local to me, but local in their, um, in their areas, which by the way, was part of our vivid vision. Yeah. <laughs> the type of clients that we wanted to work with. Um, so, you know, I think the, the difference that I see, there's a couple of them. Number one is um, a lot of them, the ones that don't succeed is um, they don't have a plan. You know, I, I see way too many businesses who just kind of open up the doors and it's, they use the hope and pray method uh, for their marketing, um, you know, maybe other aspects of their business. You know, that's number one. You got to go in with a solid business plan, um, which is different than business goals, right? You got to have a good business plan um, and, uh, you know, good structure there. And, and then, you know, from a marketing standpoint, I see way too many businesses who just, when they do put together business plans, for some reason, skip the part where they were going to spend any money on advertising, marketing, customer acquisition. <laughs> um, so I, that, that's one of the, the problems that I see. And the ones that, you know, are growing and are excelling are the ones that are not afraid to invest in their business and what they believe in, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I see the businesses that are ex succeeding the most are the ones that uh, they invest, you know, first of all, from the top down, you know, the ones that have leadership, uh, the boss, you know, the owner of the company investing in themselves to make themselves better people, um, whether, you know, we're going to masterminds like we, that we went to a couple weeks ago, right? Um, and then also investing in growing their, their people, you know, their team, their employees. Um, those I think are the, the probably the, the, the two things I probably see the most. Gotcha. Do you see rapid fire? And I just, I know. <laughs> uh, classic. Um, <laughs> do you see, do you see a correlation? Cause I know like, obviously in today's day and age, everyone's talking about content. Like Gary Vee is talking about how you should just release content, release content. Do you see a correlation between um, the amount of content a business releases and the success that they have? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Gary's, Gary's, <laughs> he, he's, uh, he's not everybody's cup of tea. Right. Um, but he's right. Uh, more times than not. Mm -hmm. And yes, there is a correlation because, uh, you know, go back to the newspaper analogy, like, you know, if you wanted to get customers, you would run an ad in the newspaper, right? Well, now it's like you put content out on social media and, you know, and now that Facebook is pay to play, <laughs> you know, I got to put some money behind some ads on social media as well. If you want to really gain you know, real traction. Right. So yeah, absolutely. But you know, if, if you don't have content out there and people aren't, if they don't know you exist, then, you know, how are they going to buy from you? Right. 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 Okay. Um, throughout your career as a sports journalist, who was your favorite kind of like out there character to interview? Oh, wow. Um, or maybe most fun, the most, the person you had the most fun interviewing. There were, there were a few, um, you know, okay. So, um, the owner of the Utah jazz, uh, you know, he's now since, you know, passed away, but, uh, Larry H Miller, 
um, he was a very interesting character, um, you know, and had some opportunities to interview him because it, it wasn't just from a ownership of a basketball team, but also, you know, he owned a bunch of other businesses too. So from just a business mind and how he operated it and then what was important to him and also what he had to sacrifice in order to be successful in business. Um, he, he told me that, um, uh, you know, one of the biggest regrets, I think was the question, like, you know, when all said and done, Larry, you know, do you regret anything that, you know, any decision business? And I thought he was going to say something like, Oh, maybe I sold this car dealership, you know, too early or whatever. Cause he was in the auto business. Um, but what ended up happening is like, he, he just started bawling in front of me. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I, I just broke Larry H. Miller. <laughs> right. Um, but he pulled out of his hanky, which was embroidered with like gold thread LHM <laughs> and, and wiped his eyes and, and, you know, kind of just, you know, reflected on how he really wasn't able to be there like he wanted to with, with his kids. As uh, they were because I mean, to be a billionaire, you gotta make sacrifices, you know, you can't be, you know, spending every moment at home hanging with your kids, right. To, to, to reach that level of success. Um, and so that always, I think, put an impact on me too, personally, because um, the way that I've grown my businesses, that I maybe always stuck in the back of my head, like, you know, don't get too crazy with, you know, working the 80 hour weeks. Um, yeah. you know, because my girl, she's nine now, and um, you don't get that time back. Yeah, wow. Really powerful. Okay, cool. Um, I think that's a good place to cut it. Thank you all for sticking with us if you're still listening to us. And Ryan, uh, dude, really appreciate you hopping on and uh, sharing everything. No, it's my honor. I, I'm really honored that you would ask me. Of course. All right. Awesome. Hey, if you are listening to this right now, you have made it through the entire episode. Congratulations. You are freaking awesome. Um, if you enjoyed this, I would massively appreciate a review on whatever platform you're listening to iTunes, Spotify, whatever. Um, it would be a huge, huge help to me. Uh, it would help grow the show, help um, help me in general. <laughs> um, and any kind of feedback you have would be great also. Uh, so search me on any social media and shoot me a DM, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you prefer. I'm on all of them and I'm uh, pretty active on all three of those. Uh, just search my name, David Tuchinski. You should be able to find me. Shoot me a DM. Tell me that you love the show. You hate the show. You uh, want to change this. You want to change that. You want me to talk about this or that. And I will do my best to bring value to each and every one of you. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. Hope you guys tune in to the next one. Hope you have an awesome day. Peace out.